0: Brandon is great to see you today
1: well I'm happy to be here Chris
0: yeah and Scott good to see you hey Chris good afternoon yeah well let's just jump right into it uh, Brandon would love to hear a little bit more of your story here how you got to grace and what you're even doing now
1: well it was November 2017 when I when I came to Greenville um, but that time they were looking we were looking for a worship leader okay so Robbie who was a campus pastor if you're a regular listener, <laughs> You heard about his story a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and they were doing some research to bring someone to lead worship at the Espanol campus. We did some interviews, but we were not sure that this was going to be a for real opportunity. But then um, they got us tickets. So we came and visited. And we <laughs> tickets saw it, from where? Where were you? Well, uh, I was born and raised in Costa Rica. Okay. I was married uh, at that time, maybe a year okay. for, for a year. So we came in January 2017, and it was so cold for us. (laughs) I mean, we were dying, but we really liked uh, Greenville, and we really liked the church. So um, we've been here for almost six years now. Wow.
2: Hey, I heard a rumor on how you learned to speak English. Yeah. How did you learn to speak English?
1: Well. At that time, I, I'm I don't know how you know Matt Kelly and Brian Darnell they were able to understand what, what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, they asked me to sing, and that's what I did. And, but but I just learned little by little, you know, with the songs. Some TV too, but specifically when I moved here and I had to work with some other worship leaders. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they helped me a lot. I heard Netflix. Netflix is, is, yeah, for sure, is a tool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are definitely some songs that I've heard on the Spotify, Spotify playlist for yeah. the worship album that you have done. And I love them, especially just the Espanol versions. Yeah. So it's good to have you. So you've been, you were at Espanol as a worship leader. And right. Tell us what you're doing now.
1: Well, um, September, uh, 2022, uh, Robbie oh. transitioned into uh, an outreach, uh, role mm-hmm. as an international pastor, and I have the privilege to serve as a campus pastor at Espanol. Wow. So That's
2: awesome. Yeah. Um, hopefully everybody knows that's listening that we have an Espanol campus, but why don't you just give us a little bit of background on the yeah. campus and, and tell us why. Why do we have an Espanol campus?
1: Yeah. So in case uh, you don't know, one of our 10 campuses is actually a campus in which we speak Spanish. And we call it uh, Grace Church in Espanol because we do same teaching, same series, same uh, church, but just in a different language. Um, around eight years ago, our leaders, they, they saw an opportunity to disciple the Hispanic community in the upstate. So we started with, with Grace Church in Espanol, but now the, the reality is, is way different Ten percent of uh, the Greenville County population is actually Latino so one out of ten uh, people is, is, is speak Spanish so we have a huge opportunity to to reach out and to those families and spread the, the good news
2: hey tell us a little bit about what does church life for the Latino population typically look
1: like yeah. in the upstate? Well, unfortunately, um, there are not a lot of healthy churches. And when I say uh, healthy, I mean, you know, churches that are uh, defined by the scriptures. So a lot of our people, they come with wounds uh, based on manipulation. A lot of uh, prosperity gospel is around. So, um, so that is most of the reality here in, here in the upstate. And that's great, Brandon.
0: Uh, tell us some of the challenges that you guys have at the Espanol campus that are unique to you in your context.
1: Yeah. So, uh, well, just imagine we have 14 different countries represented. So it's, it's a cool thing, but it's a unique situation. Our accents are different, our traditions are different. Even though we all speak Spanish, we have to grow and to be, you know, patient and be tolerant with each other. Um, Give us an,
2: an example. So you don't have to name all 14, but which, yeah. which countries are we talking about? What are the big
1: five? So for instance, uh, the Caribbean countries, they are so loud and so energetic. <laughs> Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, they have energy all day long. And they if, if they go to your house, they're going to stay forever. And they're having a good time all the time laughing. But then we have other uh, countries like Costa Rica. We're more like laid back. Like mm-hmm. we have a phrase that is uh, "pura vida," which is pure life, and it means like "hakuna matata." Like, hey, take it slow, just yeah. just chill.
2: It's all the surfing that yeah. you guys do. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so you know, you might know that you might think that we all are the same, but actually, fourteen different countries is, is a it's a big shocking at the beginning.
2: What about the South American countries?
1: South Americans. Um, they, they are a little bit of, of both. So that is one of the big challenges, um, just the diversity. It, it's a unique opportunity, but at the same time brings some tension. And, yeah, and another challenge that we can see is, you know, w- when you're an immigrant in this country, you have a mentality uh, that is based on work, work, and work. And whether you like it or not, you're pursuing the American dream. And once you're here, your your rhythm changes. You're moving into a fast pace, and um, so it's been it's been an, an unique opportunity.
2: That is really interesting for yeah. us that are um, Americans. Uh, w- we were kind of born into it. We feel like it's increasing every year, getting faster and faster. I only say that again. That's an interesting perspective, Brandon. You know, so we do not we may not realize it. We've lived here our whole life. We do feel like the pace is increasing. But from your perspective, seeing someone from a completely different culture jumping right into that race, um, you could probably even see their um, lifestyle, their disposition, maybe even their spiritual life change. Is that what you're seeing?
1: Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. And you can easily get ambitious. Mm. You can easily just, uh, you know, want more and more and productivity can become an idol. Mm. Uh, wealth is easy, uh, can, can become an idol too, and you're starting to pursue things that are not actually going to fill your soul. Mm. So it's been cool to see um, when people realize that what they need is not actually what they're pursuing, uh, when they realize that work, 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 and having more money is not going to satisfy um, their souls, and it's not going to be um, good for their families either. Um so I'm just glad to be part of this discipleship journey for for those families and how they are um embracing uh serving for instance instead of just working mm-hmm. or uh spending time in community uh, as a way to you know focus on things that are important
2: yeah, let's talk about that for ex- for for a second because each of our campuses has some unique attributes. All of our English speaking campuses have unique attributes. That was part of our We Choose plan in the fall. Was to identify some specific initiatives for each of our campus that are are all tied to discipleship. So, like what are you guys doing that is unique to Grace in Español around mm-hmm. trying to make more disciples of Jesus?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. A big one for us was Next Generation. Um, you know, we have, as I say, we're the same church, so we do have Fusion, we have 24-7, we have Forge, Grace Church Kids, and all of that. Um, however, we have to adapt some of those programs uh, to make it relevant and effective for, for our kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why I say that, because we have kids who were born here and they grew up here and they are really involved in the american culture and language and and they are pretty much americans Mm. but then we also have some families who moved here three or six months ago who they don't you know manage the english language that well or they don't know the culture so how can we disciple a group of people that is that diverse it creates a lot of uh, challenges Mm. so you know just just think about this when when we have to find a leader uh he or she they they need to be bilingual Mm. and Mm. they need to be able to communicate uh to both cultures so um I think that with the next generation, the identity is is a big piece. Because yeah. for for this next generation, that that is that is a big question. Who who am I? You know, am I Latina? Am I Hispanic? What culture I belong? So it's crucial for us to just disciple our kids uh, and for them to to remember that their identity is is based on, on Jesus and who. He said they they are
2: because if you layer the American dream mentality on top of the next generation trying to figure out where they fit culturally, I can imagine it gets really complicated.
1: It does get really complicated. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I'm just I'm just glad that we have the opportunity to serve our community and just bring Jesus uh, to their mentality. Mm-hmm.
2: You had mentioned um, wealth and pursuit, finances, you have some unique situations that that play uh, at play in the Grayson Español campus. Tell us a little bit about one of your initiatives around generosity.
1: Yeah. Well, we actually had uh, a class, Money Matters, Mm -hmm. uh, last uh, fall, and it was was great because I actually learned a lot from that class. I learned that, here's the thing, we need to grow in generosity, but... Our people is really generous. If you go to their houses, they're going to feed you and probably enough for next day. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and they are actually sending a lot of money to their countries. They are helping or even supporting uh, their families in Mexico, Colombia, Venezuela, uh, Central America. So they are being generous. However, that's not the same story with the church. Um, unfortunately, we don't we don't see that it translate the same way in their giving to to our church. So that creates a, an opportunity again for discipleship mm. um, to just uh, remind them that uh, an expression of a healthy uh, disciple and follower of Christ is also to be part of what God is doing in their community
2: and the idea of family. Mm-hmm you have to really think well about the idea of family, family of origin, and then also church, family, and balance balance those two. What a what a challenge, but also what an amazing opportunity to take a, some gospel passages, some biblical passages, and really apply them in some great ways.
0: Yeah. What are some initiatives you guys are up to right now?
1: Well, um, some things that I'm really excited about that I can tell you a little bit is uh, we started to have Mosaic and... Because we had the.
0: Uh, and maybe for our listeners who don't know what that is, explain that too.
1: Yeah, so Mosaic is a, a ministry that we have a church uh, to disciple those individuals with uh, special needs. In our campus, uh, we have families with uh, children in the spectrum. So we saw the need to disciple them and for them to, to learn also about about the word, about Jesus. Mm. And we started this, this ministry, but it's been great because a lot of other families are getting to grace because uh, they heard or they mm. find out that we have a unique environment for, for their kids. Mm. And that is, that is really exciting. Yeah, it is. We
0: the last weekend I was at Powdersville campus, and someone came in and they had a mosaic child, and they had been going from church to church, mm-hmm. and to see that ministry. It was, it was such a great ministry. That's awesome. What are some other initiatives you guys are up to?
1: Well, a big one for us that happened probably a year ago was region. Uh, we were having community groups just like other any other campus, but we saw the need for our people to dive deep into the gospel and grow in vulnerability. So we basically shut down community groups and everybody had to go to the region. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was a big decision, but but let me tell you, it was worth
0: it. How in the world did you rally your entire campus to do that?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it creates some unique challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not easy at first, uh, but it was worth it. Um, you know, if you've done region, you know that you have to be intentional. You have mm. to read. You have to spend time alone with the material. But uh, so so that was one of the biggest challenges, I think, for us. Because, you know, community group doesn't have that day-to-day routine right. in which you have to spend time and be dis- disciplined. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that over 80 people graduated from, from region. Wow. And it was the first uh, church that ever done region in spanish
0: so espanol campus was the first church campus that has ever gone through region in spanish that's right
2: so we we work with a church in the dallas Dallas metroplex area called watermark and they had the material and it was translated Mm -hmm. but we were one of we were the first
1: we were the first and and one
2: and that's a large group it's not 8 80 is a large number of individuals to go through. Yeah,
1: and the material was being translated as we were going through oh, the nice. material. So sometimes it was really, you know, stressful because we needed to start step four, and it was not quite ready, but everything worked out. Yeah.
0: Well, who wants to get ready for step four? <laughs> we
2: were probably excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> um, tell us a couple other things that are happening at the campus right now.
1: Yeah, so a CERT conference is also a, a big, um, you know, reason for us to celebrate because it's not just a a tool for us to equip our women but also uh, women from other churches and even countries or states are coming to to those uh, Mm -hmm. conferences. We have the shame conference last fall and we also have biblical femininity conference. Another reason why I'm also excited is because uh, for a while we were having another service in Spartanburg um, and I was—it it, was—it was so cool to, to reach out to that community in Spartanburg. But for now, uh, it was so clear that it was the the right next step to join together again as just one campus, mm. uh, and just reunite and be concentrated uh, to care and disciple mm-hmm. for for our people, because um, we're growing. So right now, with our with both of our campuses joining in one location we're talking about 350 adults wow um so so we're excited and you know we don't know what's in the future we may be able to open another campus or open another service but for now that's what we're doing and i'm excited to see what god has for us
2: who on staff is helping you care for this large group
1: yeah we have a great team uh Daniel Pastran is our worship leader, okay. but he also does AV and help with video and slides and designs. Just imagine, our, our lyrics are, are in Spanish, our announcements are in Spanish, um, our Facebook page is in Spanish, so we need a lot of translation, so he helps us with that. Then we have Maggie Micho, um, you know, her last name is not Hispanic, but he is, she's from <laughs> Colombia. <laughs> And uh, she's a great admin, just keeping things uh, together. And then we have an MVP volunteer. Her name is Anna Casales. She's not on staff, but she works uh, with us, with uh, students and children, and she's doing a, a great, a great job.
0: Well, this has been great to hear about your staff, about the unique challenges that you have, the initiatives. Is there anything else you just want to leave us with? Yeah,
1: um, I just want to ask you to to keep praying for us for for our campus, for our leaders, our community, our groups, ministries, uh, everything that, that we're doing, and I also want to encourage you to invite whoever you might think that will take advantage of a uh, service in a campus, a church, a family, and a Spanish. Mm. Um, our doors are open, and we will uh, just send them our way.
2: Tell us a little bit where where are we where are we finding you? What times the services?
1: So our services right now are at eleven fifteen, twenty seven oh one, Wayhampton Boulevard. <laughs> uh, you know Taylor's campus. They have a service at nine fifteen, and then we have a service at eleven fifteen.
2: And um, what do you do when English speakers show up? Can we come? Well,
1: actually, uh, you're not invited. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> of course, you can come. Uh, we actually have our lyrics in English on the site. so oh. so you know you can sing in, in English. That's fine. And sometimes we also have uh, translation for you available. So oh. yeah, if you're you're more than welcome to come. And visit. That's right.
2: Yeah, and I would encourage someone listening at uh, home one Sunday, and they're like, you know what? I think we need to go try out Grayson Espanol. They just need to come. Don't think about it. Just show up. That's right.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, Brandon. We're really grateful for you and your family and your staff. It's been a great interview.
1: Thank you,
2: guys.
0: I'll see you, Brandon.